Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Appreciate all of you hanging out with me as we roll through the Thursday edition of the program. A lot of different stories out there that we are going to dive into, uh, but I hope you're all getting geared up for what will be hopefully another really good weekend of football, and that is where I want to start uh, with the uh, Outkick six-pack. Now, I gave you yesterday... Uh, the uh, college football gambling picks. These are all up on OutKick. These should also be going up on OutKick under my name uh, with the uh, with the six gambling picks here. Every single weekend we do six different uh, NFL picks. We've been doing it for several years now. We call it the OutKick six-pack. Um, and I will point out, as we're getting closer to the college football weekend, it's a really weak slate uh, of uh, of games. But sometimes it's those weak slates of games that turn into the absolute apex uh, quality game. Right now, it looks like probably Florida-Tennessee is the best game, but uh, we'll see how all of this ends up shaking out. In the meantime, here is, drumroll please, the OutKick six-pack. I am on tonight, uh, Thursday Night Football going on. You got the Vikings, who are 0-1, coming off a really poor performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Three turnovers. They only scored, I believe, 17 points. They allowed the Bucks and Baker Mayfield to roll into town and win. Um, and they're going on the road against the Eagles. Eagles obviously got a huge lead early against the Patriots, then held on in that game. Uh, to me, the over is the play. I, I think the Vikings are going to come out gunning. We know that the Eagles have an elite-level uh, offensive uh, system rolling right now with Jalen Hurts. I'm on the over 48 in tonight's game, the Thursday night football pick, the over in Vikings and uh, and the Eagles. By the way, stat that is out there that is tough. Only around 10% of NFL teams make the playoffs if they start off 0-2. Think about that for a minute. Only around 10% of NFL teams make the playoffs if they start off 0-2. Why do I say that? I told you I probably jinxed them. The Vikings are in danger of falling to 0-2. Now, they're a veteran team. Uh, they theoretically could bounce back, but I don't think anybody anticipated they were going to lose to the Bucks to now be the underdog, fairly decent-sized underdog, on the road against the Eagles. We will see what happens, but I'm on the over 48 uh, in this one. Several other picks. Seahawks at the Lions. The only, We had a rough, by the way, outkick six-pack to start off the season. I think we went one and five or two and four, something like that, really bad. Uh, I need to go back and officially tally it. The only win I know we got for sure was the Detroit Lions plus the points on the road against the Chiefs in week one of the NFL season. Uh, and, uh, and I'm sticking with the Lions. By the way, craziest stat, as I discussed, I think the least fair-weather fan base maybe in all of America, the Detroit Lions, uh, they have found themselves one playoff win since 1957. Think about that for a minute. One playoff win since 1957. I think the Lions, Dan Campbell, they are on comeback trail. I think they have a decent chance to make the playoffs this year, believe it or not. Uh, and I'm going with the Lions minus 4.5 against the Seahawks uh, this weekend. The Lions minus 4.5. Uh, against the Seahawks. Then we got the Chiefs at the Jags. Chiefs, when I say 10% chance of making the playoffs if you start 0-2. Now, I don't think anybody out there is like going to hit the panic button if the Chiefs start 0-2, particularly because Travis Kelsey has had injury issues, and obviously this Chiefs team has looked a lot different with and without Kelsey. But 
the Jags. This is, to me, for the Jags, a circle the game signature moment. I don't think this game matters that much in the grand scheme of things to the Chiefs. I think for the Jags, this game is everything. Uh, And you know how uh, a lot of times, if you've been through NFL seasons, the young team that kind of nobody really has a high level of expectation for uh, suddenly rises up and finds a way to win uh, in an unexpected uh, situation. They put so much into one week, and then maybe they don't play that well the next week. I think that's going to be the Jags here. I really like the Jags plus the three and a half against the Chiefs. The Chiefs have not always been a great team on the road. Uh, I also feel a little bit, do you remember back in the day when the Patriots were always a shell of the team that they would turn into in September and October? It was almost like when you knew the Patriots were going to be in the playoffs that every now and then they would just lay an egg. Uh, They would just go out and not play very well in a September or an October game, and they just chalked it up to a poor performance. But you knew by the time they got into late November, they got into December, that they were going to be rounding into shape. And we always had a little bit of a panic back in the day during the Patriots dynasty, back when the Patriots were actually good. Sorry, Patriots fans. Um, and, uh, And we would all sit around and say, well, maybe this is the year that the Patriots are going to fall off. Maybe this is the year that they're not going to be able to perform at the level that we anticipate. And then what happens? Patriots always kind of round back into shape. I feel like the Chiefs may be that team a little bit now because they've won a couple of Super Bowls. We know they're going to be in the playoffs. The Chiefs know that once they get in the playoffs, basically they win whatever Patrick Mahomes' record is outside of the Super Bowl. It's crazy. It's something like, you know, 9-2 and two or 10-2 and two or something like that in the playoffs. I think that can factor in here, which is why I'm jumping on the Jags plus three and a half. I think they're the more motivated, more focused team that believes that this is a signature opportunity for them to establish that they are in the upper echelon of AFC teams. I think the Jags not only cover the three and a half, I think they win this game outright. Uh, Jets at the Cowboys. Jets, credit to the Jets. They managed to perform incredibly Uh, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers went out in the fourth play of the game with a torn Achilles tendon. But that 22-16 win, the walk-off punt return, overtime touchdown, a lot of emotion that they put into this game, and now we're back with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And if you remember why the Jets did not stick with Zach Wilson at quarterback, it's because he's really bad. Um, and I think the Cowboys coming off of a monster win on the road against the Giants are going to completely obliterate the Jets this weekend. I'm going with the Cowboys. Big number here all the way out to minus nine and a half. I think the score of this game is going to be something like 28 to six, uh, 28 to 10, something along those lines. I do not think the Jets will have hardly any offensive success. I think the Cowboys will move the football going to be a low scoring game not a lot of points you're even going to have to put up if you're the Cowboys they might win you know 17 to 3 or something like that but I think the Cowboys are going to cover this big number nine and a half I'm on the Cowboys down at Big D this weekend Uh, Dolphins uh, minus three at the Patriots I talked about the fact that I did not believe in the New England Patriots and that is going to continue I do believe in the Dolphins so long as they can keep Tua healthy I love the combo of Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I said as soon as Tyreek Hill made that move, this is the best combo that we have seen in the NFL right now. The best one-two wide receiver punch is Waddle 
and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill went off last weekend, 200 yards receiving, whatever the heck it was. Wouldn't stun me if Waddle gets back healthy, if he can put up the same kind of numbers uh, in any given week. I, I know Bill Belichick, right around 500. Remember we had the big debate, who is the better uh, who is the better team? Uh, who makes the dynasty go? Is it Belichick or is it Brady? And now there's absolutely no doubt at all it was Brady. The Patriots at best, even as good of a coach as Belichick is, are around 500. Mac Jones, I don't believe in. Uh, I think the Dolphins, minus three, go on the road in Foxborough, hand another loss to the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are going to be a playoff contending team, and I don't believe uh, that Mac Jones is the answer at quarterback. I think that the Patriots are going to have to figure out uh, what their future is after this year. Finally, I'm going to be in for the outkick six-pack. Uh, I'm going to be on the road, not on the road. I'm going to be at this game, a little bit on the road. I'm going to leave my house and go to it. Uh, Chargers-Titans. Feels like the Chargers and Titans have played a lot of games in the past several years, and it feels like always the Chargers win. Chargers road favorite here. Uh, and uh, trying to figure out how to get another win. Um, here's what I think happens, okay? Desperation here. Titans lost, played awfully. Uh, Ryan Tannehill did. I think the defenses, as good offensively as the Chargers are, I think that Mike Vrabel is going to take this game down into the mud. I think it's going to be an ugly slugfest. I don't think there's going to be a lot to be gained in either direction. I'm going to be on the under 45 and a half in this game. Again, the under 45 and a half. So there you got it. The over 48 in Vikings-Eagles. Uh, Seahawks-Lions, I got the Lions minus four and a half. Jags plus three and a half. Uh, the Cowboys minus nine and a half. Dolphins minus three. Uh, and Chargers-Titans, the under 45 and a half. By the way, Aaron Rodgers uh, put up an IG post a lot of questions in the wake of his Achilles tendon injury about whether or not he was going to be back uh, next year or not. It seems quite clear that his plan is to return. Here is what he posted on Instagram. Thank you to every person that's reached out, called, texted, DM, connected through a friend. It's meant a ton to me, and I'll try and get back to all of you soon. I'm completely heartbroken and moving through all the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Please keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the healing process today. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. Proud of my guys, 1-0, Jets. So uh, a lot of people questioning 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers, would he go out with the Achilles tendon tear? Uh, The answer he just gave to you appears to be quite clearly, no, he will not uh, be going uh, and retiring. He plans to come back. We'll see what kind of performance he can put forward going forward next year. As I said, there's not even very many precedents you can point to for a situation like this where everybody is that excited, everybody is thrilled, everybody is firing on all cylinders. They cannot wait to see what's going to be possible with the Jets roster now paired with Aaron Rodgers, and then he's gone. I can't even think of an NFL comparable situation that you could point to and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe that we ever ended up uh, in a situation like that. I don't think we've ever seen it, candidly. Uh, and so uh, so I'm glad Aaron Rodgers is going to try to come back. We'll see how well he can return from that torn Achilles. And I continue to say, uh, I can't believe that, uh, that people like Keith Olbermann, the most awful human beings on the planet, 
uh, have been uh, willing, able, or focused on uh, on doing this, but it is pretty ridiculous. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm Clay Travis, and Outkick the Show is going to keep right on rolling. A um, couple of things. Biden impeachment. Much discussion surrounding is it a good or bad move from a political process. I'm leaving aside the fact that there is ample evidence that Joe Biden, in my opinion, has comp- has uh, has been involved in impeachable offenses. Uh, in fact, as I have said for some time, if you combine everything Richard Nixon, uh, everything Bill Clinton, and everything Donald Trump was credibly accused under oath of wrongdoing, the evidence that is, I think there's more evidence of Biden's criminal culpability than those three guys combined. Because if you go back and look, it wasn't really Watergate, Nixon's uh, downfall. It was the cover-up surrounding Watergate as much or more of Watergate. Bill Clinton, whether you believe it or not, uh, is uh, worthy of impeachment. Really, again, just lied about whether or not he had an affair with an intern. Um, And that in and of itself, I don't think, uh, was worthy of removing somebody from presidential office. People can agree or disagree. I personally didn't think so. Um, And then Trump. I mean, everything was just completely manufactured uh, about Trump. I mean, whether it's Russia, whether it was the Ukraine phone call, all of it was garbage. What Biden's credibly accused of, being paid millions of dollars by foreign interests uh, to advocate for them, whether it was Burisma, whether it was Chinese interest, whether it was uh, other entities, we know that $20 million at least flowed into the Biden family. Nine different members of Joe Biden's family were paid by foreign interest through shady, uh, shady uh, accounts. And I just got to tell you, I mean, you're not, you're telling me that's not worthy of examination. I, I just don't think it's remotely uh, difficult. And we talk a lot about whether or not impeachment is justified. I think it is. Okay, let's talk about the political ramifications, though. How does this play politically? If you believe, as I do, that there is a legal justification to begin the impeachment inquiry and that there is sufficient evidence of criminal culpability on Joe Biden's behalf, that you need to examine this, which I do. What is the what are the political ramifications of impeachment? To me, the most significant is Biden is slowly, despite the fact that the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, the MSNBC, and CNN are by and large still providing cover for Joe Biden. Slowly, the American public is becoming aware of just how much criminal allegations, credible criminal allegations, there are against Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Uh, and I think it's what, in the most recent CNN poll, 61% of uh, Americans believe that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business. 42% of people believe that he engaged in criminal behavior. I think that's going to grow through impeachment because what this forces and I think this is this is the most consequential element of the impeachment from a political process. What it forces is, it forces the media to cover this. You can't just bury your head in the sand and pretend that this is a made-up story, which is what much of the left-wing media has tried to do for years. They first, what do they tell you? That the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. 
Uh, they refused to acknowledge or even allow a story surrounding the Hunter Biden laptop to be shared. They tried to discredit all of the allegations directly tying to Joe Biden as if they were illegitimate uh, because they said it was all Russian disinformation. Now they are slowly acknowledging, oh, guess what? The FBI has, has signed off on it. The laptop is real. Uh, and the laptop is real. That means all of the evidence on the laptop is real, as the FBI has known since at least December of 2019. And the massive cover-up that went on to help rig the election for Joe Biden, in my opinion, actually came from the FBI in particular because they went and talked to all of the social media companies and told them, uh, that that uh, they refused to acknowledge that the laptop was real. They also helped to seed the idea that led to the 51 intelligence agents putting out the statement that said that the Hunter Biden laptop had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Okay, why does all this matter? You may well be familiar with all of this story that I just laid out. Huge percentages of people aren't. And if you use the January 6th hearings as uh, as a precedent, there were people who were influenced by the January 6th hearings, even though all Democrats did was rehash the public information that was already out there when they put it in prime time, and when many different media outlets were forced to cover it as a result, then the coverage helped Democrats in the 2022 election. It helped with their overall narrative. It helped with their overall story. The reason why I believe the same will be true for Republicans, as it pertains to Joe Biden, is there's still lots of people who don't know this story at all. You know, according to some of the most recent polling I saw, majority of Democrats still believe the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. They believe all of the Democrat lies about the Hunter Biden laptop. Um, and so shining a spotlight on this Biden crime family corruption, I believe, is likely to create more of a uh, more of a mushroom cloud that makes it that much more difficult for them to ignore as it pertains to surrounding this uh, incident. So that is what I would point to and say this is the most consequential aspect of uh, of this uh, incident is not that necessarily new information might emerge, although it very well might. You might have more IRS agents, you might have more FBI agents, you might have more witnesses coming forward as this story develops to provide more credence to the allegations of criminality on behalf of the Bidens. But even if that doesn't happen, from a political perspective, this is going to shine a bright light on a story that too many in the media still pretend doesn't exist and ha that they haven't been willing to cover. And that is why I think politically this is the right move. Um, it also politically is going to eliminate, to a large degree, I think, the idea that, oh, Donald Trump is super corrupt and Joe Biden is some kind of paragon of virtue. I think a lot of people are going to say, yeah, all these politicians kind of roll around in the mud a lot and they're not going to be arguing, oh, this is uh, like Biden, if you want there to be no tinge of uh, impropriety, you can pick Biden. He's going to make America pure again. Yeah, that's not true. Joe Biden is, I think, dirtier than Donald Trump is uh, as this data continues to come out. And that's why I think the impeachment uh, hearings are so important from a political perspective. Um, uh, also on this, there's interesting data coming out. 
What's Biden's base now? I think this is important to recognize. You know what Joe Biden's base is? White college graduates. White co- I flagged this because I thought it was so interesting. White college graduates and black voters are basically the only people who are still approving of Joe Biden's presidency. Um, Quinnipiac poll. Do you approve or disapprove of the job Joe Biden is doing? Overall, 39% approval. On the economy, 35% approval. Men. Do men approve of Joe Biden? 32% male approval. 63% uh, disapproval. Men, by a 2-to-1 margin, disapprove of the job that Joe Biden is doing. Women disapprove but it's closer to 50-50. White college graduates approve of Joe Biden 53-45. to I'm a white college graduate. The majority of white college graduates approve of the job Joe Biden is doing. That that still kind of blows my mind. That's partisanship writ large. White, no college, 28% approval. Black approval rating, same very good for Joe Biden. Only 55%, 34% black disapproval rate for Joe Biden. Hispanic, 40% approval, 53% disapproval. And here's a, a kick in the teeth, I think. Independent voters, 35 to 55. So Joe Biden is taking it on the chin everywhere. And there was an interesting article in the New York Times yesterday that said Biden is hemorrhaging minority support. That is, huge numbers of minorities out there are turning their back now on Joe Biden, Hispanic, Black, uh, and Asian. And it's actually white college graduates that are now the base of Joe Biden's support. And I thought that was interesting because it's really the woke universe is not really a minority universe. Huge percentages of minorities reject the woke, uh, what I would call mind virus. White college graduates, women in particular, are driving this idea that America is a fundamentally racist and awful place. And it's interesting that Hispanics, Black, and, and Asians are overwhelmingly moving against Joe Biden now. Just worth contemplating because what the media told you was, oh, Trump is so racist, his election in 2016 is going to hasten, oh, all of these minorities are going to rush even more to the Democrat Party. It's actually not true. More minorities voted for Trump in 2020 than voted for him in 2016. 2022, uh, the continued movement of minorities, and actually what's interesting about it is uh, arguably Joe Biden is losing support among minorities, but there aren't as many different states where the minority vote is uh, is going to be determinative. There's still a lot of white and black states, particularly the Midwest, which doesn't have a huge percentage of Hispanic population uh, compared to other parts of the country. Worth flagging and keeping an eye on. Uh, congratulations to my Atlanta Braves. They have won six straight NL East championships. They now sit at 95 and 50. Matt Olson over 50 home runs. Ronald Acuna rapidly approaching the 40-40 club. I think it's going to be like the 40-90 club before all is said and done. Or I don't I don't even know what the total number of stolen bases Acuna has 
I believe it's over 80 now, uh, easily. Um, he may be the 4100 club, something that's never been done before, uh, which is pretty remarkable. I remember back in the day being a huge Cincinnati Reds fan and hoping that Eric Davis was going to get to the 4040 club. He didn't. He got to 37 home runs. He ran into the wall at Wrigley Field, knocked himself out for a bunch of games. Um, so that was what ended up happening to him. Uh, finally, I did something I'd never done before. Uh, I worked as the yard marker guy for a seventh grade football game. I put a picture up on uh, on Twitter. It's really fun. I'd never done it before. I was there for seventh grade. My seventh graders playing uh, tackle football. They had a seventh grade game on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the officials said, "Hey, who's going to work the the yard markers?" Uh, and I just you know hopped right on the field, picked up the yard marker. Another couple of guys were on the uh, the, the the down marker, the chains. Uh, I had the the yard marker, and uh, it was really fun. Never done it before. Racing up and down the field, trying to make sense of what the down and distance was. Um, it was really cool to be right down there on the field. So, if you have kids that are playing, you know, seventh, eighth grade, high school, whatever it might be, and they got a scrimmage or you need help, and they need help with the uh, the yardsticks and or the yard marker, uh, I'd encourage you to uh, to try it out. There are a couple times it was funny. I've watched so many football games over the years, and uh, that I'm not, that I wasn't, um, I, I, in my head, I was like, hey, what's the down and distance when I'm watching the game? And then I'm like, oh, knucklehead, you're in charge of what the down and distance is. Like, you're literally on the field doing this. The only thing I would say is it's sometimes hard to watch your own kid because you're worried about the down and distance and moving the markers and making sure you're lined up in the right place. Uh, and so you're not able to just kind of focus on uh, the, the big picture necessarily. Uh, because you got a job to do, but it's very cool. It was fun, uh, and I would encourage you guys to, uh, to to try it out yourself. All right, one more time: the picks over forty-eight tonight. Uh, Lions minus four and a half. These are the numbers as they sit, literally this uh, day as I am uh, making them for you. Uh, Jags plus three and a half. Cowboys minus nine and a half. Uh, the uh, Dolphins minus three. Chargers Titans under forty-five and a half. We'll be back tomorrow, rolling you into the weekend. Enjoy the game tonight between the Vikings, and the Eagles. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I will see you guys tomorrow.